Welcome back, and we are glad you are with us today. The Bill Michaels Show. The day after Super Bowl, the Chiefs get a win. Back-to-back, the first time in 20 years since the Patriots did it last. And uh, the Chiefs, again, champions. You've got uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and company, Andy Reid, uh, all saying, we're back. I mean, you know. Patrick Mahomes would be. I mean, he's getting paid a lot of money. But uh, Andy Reid saying he's back. Travis Kelsey saying he's back. Uh, you know, they've got obviously some salary cap issues, some guys that they need to get in. Chris Jones being one of them. But for the most part, uh, it looks like they're going to, you know, try to retain as many people as they can. They've already talked about guys wanting to be back. But what Patrick Mahomes has done, he's got, uh, you know, three Super Bowl wins and two MVPs. Right behind Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Joe Montana's got two MVPs. Tom Brady's got three. Patrick Mahomes, three Super Bowl rings now. And he's only 28 years old. That's the most amazing thing about it. Yesterday, yesterday, the um, the, the the post, the, the overtime, the overtime. I think Shanahan, there was a couple of things that I didn't like. One, in the first half of that ball game, the Kansas City Chiefs really didn't run a lot of motion. They tried to run the ball with Pacheco, but up front, uh, San Francisco was pretty staunch. But they really, a lot of shotgun, um, not much motion. And I thought they would just follow the Packers and the Lions' description on how to beat them in the trenches. And they didn't. They weren't running the ball hardly at all. The offense looked to be a little disheveled. I mean, the guy, you know... Patrick Mahomes got into it on the sideline once or twice where he was screaming and yelling, but for the most part, just unflappable. You know, it, it's still, I mean, the, the defense, they were trotting on the field. They, they were feeling it. They were feeling good. The offense, it didn't look, uh, body language-wise, they were getting beat. And what's really mystifying is that San Francisco, uh, I thought Mike Clements had a great quote from Shanahan uh, early in the week when we were doing our Super Bowl coverage when Shanahan was asked about strategies when it comes to Super Bowl and being aggressive, and he said, you got to be aggressive. And thus the, the, you know, the flea flicker that ends, it up, ends up getting uh, thrown for a touchdown. Um, you know, and I thought, oh, boy, you know, they have, they're pulling out all the stops. Shanahan's creativity is going to win out. And it just looked like there was nothing that Kansas City could do to get, get it going. And then in the second half of that game, the fact that San Francisco could not put it away, I thought when Pacheco fumbled, and that just killed momentum in the first half for Kansas City, I thought when Pacheco fumbled, that was your opportunity. You had the, you had an opportunity as the 49ers to put a nail in the coffin and give credit to Spagnolo and that defense because uh, he got after Purdy a couple of times and while Purdy had guys open, he didn't have time to throw the football. I mean, between Jones and company, they were getting after him. So Spagnola really kind of became the MVP for the defense that he called. And in the second half of that game, when, when Kansas City scores just before the half, getting the ball back, and then kind of garnering some momentum, like we can move the football now. We figured a few things out. And you just knew it. You just knew it. You just because it's the same thing that I said the Packers did to the 49ers that the 49ers did to the Chiefs. You cannot allow a good team to hang around 
and then make a mistake or two. You can't do it. And then the muffed, uh, the muffed punt of the 49ers and Kansas City walks away with points and you just caught, you just thought you've let them hang around. It's a whole new ball game now. They're feeling it. You're not. Suddenly you're playing tight. Brock Purdy, I thought, played pretty well. He's not going to get a lot of credit. And they're going to you know, kind of blame him for some missed throws or the opportunity for throws. But he was under siege, man, a couple of times. Uh, but I, I thought Shanahan's creativity, all of a sudden, he got tight. He got tight as a play caller. And then going to the, the, the overtime, how, you know, if you listen to Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Pacheco, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, they were talking, the, the, the Chris Jones even, said we had a plan for overtime of how we were going to play it. And we had a plan for overtime for if we won the toss or lost the toss. We had a plan. We had gone through every phase of the game. We knew it. We had a plan. Everybody on the team knew the plan if that game went to overtime. Were Shanahan... Shanahan might have been the only guy on his team that knew the new overtime rules. And, you know, at first you're like, well, eh, who cares? If you get the ball first, you get the ball second. But if you defer when you win the toss, or not defer, but if you, you know, choose to kick instead of getting the ball first, um, if you choose to kick, and, and it might have been where Shanahan didn't know the rules, thinking if he goes down, scores a touchdown, game's over. I mean, they were clearly expressed on the field. However, I will say this because uh, people are bringing that up. Um, you, when we were on the field on Monday night for opening night, and Grant, you can attest to this, you couldn't understand a word through the PA system because the PA system's for the fans. It's not for the people on the field. Couldn't understand a word of it. What They had, uh, they had commentators from the NFL. They had in-stadium in hosts. These two girls were in-stadium hosts, and then some of the players they interviewed, you couldn't understand a word they were saying. You couldn't understand the Blue Man group. You couldn't understand the music. You Nothing. If you were in the stands, you could, but otherwise you couldn't. I would assume Shanahan knew what the rules were, but a lot of his guys didn't, and apparently they didn't game plan for that. So where the criticism comes in was since he chose to take the ball, that means you're automatically giving – Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid the opportunity for four downs. You're giving them an extra down. Because they know they one, they have to score. It's not a punting situation. But secondly, they know that if you score, meaning Shanahan and company, that whatever you do, they've got the ability to match with four downs. They're going to go for it on fourth down every time because they know they have to create that score. So you're, in essence, giving them four downs. You would rather have that for yourself. And that's where people rip Shanahan. That's where they did That's where they did Shanahan. Now, Shanahan had stated that he wanted that third possession, but their opening drive in overtime took almost eight minutes before that field goal. And all you had to do was give it to Patrick Mahomes, and if he decided to take his time, pick up a few first downs, continue to grind the clock, stay in the middle of the field, then they were going to wind that clock down. And they, there was only, what, seven or eight seconds left by the time Kansas City scored? You weren't, getting, you weren't even going to get the ball back. So it, it just it didn't make sense. I like Shanahan's explanation of, well, we wanted that third possession. Okay, that, that 
that's better than you not knowing the rules. Okay, I like that. But you also understand that if the Niners go down and score a touchdown and the Chiefs get the ball and score a touchdown, they were going to go for two, right? They were going to try to end it right there because then if they kick an extra point to tie it, all the Niners need is a field goal. So, again, I get the strategy, the third possession, that makes a little bit of sense, but I I don't think it was going to work in practice because the Chiefs were never going to let them get the ball back. Nope. The Chief, absolutely. The Chiefs had plans for everything. Chris Jones laid it out in an interview after the game. Patrick Mahomes talked about it. I mean, they had already game planned for that, gone through it as part of their strategizing meetings. So that, I, I, I will jump on the bandwagon and say, yeah, Shanahan probably failed his guys. But then again, they didn't punch it into the end zone. They moved the ball right down the field and weren't able to, weren't able to seal the deal. So uh, mistakes by both teams. I thought the Pacheco fumble was going to be just deadly to the Chiefs. Instead, the, the block field goal became, or the block PAT became deadly to the 49ers, plus the muffed punt. It's just, you know, we always talk about games like this against good teams. It's one or two mistakes, and you're done. That's it. You can't, you cannot do that. And, and in those big moments, you can't have mistakes. Otherwise, other teams, good teams, will take advantage of it, especially Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the fact that he dropped back twice on third down and took it himself and got the two big runs. He was a leading rusher yesterday for the for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. But the fact that he took it twice and picked up both times third downs, turning them into first downs, uh, it, it's you know remarkable well, uh, that's, that that guy just continues to overcome. That's the value of having a great defense, right, like the Chiefs have. They can take two quarters to figure out a game. They have time, right, because right. that defense kind of keeps the game in check. If that defense is poor, and I think of like – the Packers in 16 or in 19, if it takes you two quarters or so to get your offense off the ground, well, if you have bad defense, you're down 28 to three and the game is over before you can mm-hmm. get a chance to right. even get going on offense. Yep, completely agree. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. So, I, by the way, I had a couple of people just ask me what was your favorite commercial. I, I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> I know I probably should have, but I really didn't. You know, I, I just... The commercials, a lot of them we've already seen before they even came out. I thought the Schwarzenegger stuff was funny, uh, and it's because they previewed it like it was some superhero movie that was coming out, and it had been coming for a couple of weeks now. Uh, I thought that was funny. Uh, By the way, I I saw the Budweiser commercial uh, online. I never saw it in the Super Bowl. Did you? No, but I the commercials didn't hold my attention. I kept found myself right. on my phone. It's like, wait, I got I got to pay attention to these, but I didn't yeah. think they were that good for the most part. I I didn't find anything that really wowed me. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, the one thing I did find cool was the uh, that the Clydesdales were in Las Vegas. Did you see they marched them right through South Point Casino? Oh, right through the casino. That's funny. Right through the casino. That rules. That was South. For those that don't know, South Point, we we had actually went to, and that's where Kristen had won some money. And um, what South Point is kind of considered like the rodeo, the PBR, and all that kind of stuff. The rodeo um, uh, destination when the rodeo and Western things are in Las Vegas, and apparently they have an arena and everything there. And there is, we noticed when we were coming back from the M the other night, that they do have like a corral and like facilities, I guess might be the best way to put it, for horses and cattle actually at the casino. And that's where the Budweiser Clydesdales were being held. 
and and you know they obviously travel in style and such those those you know semis are amazing but uh, that's where they were they marched them right through the casino right in the front door and right out the back or right in the back door right out the front and that's where they then hitched them up to the wagon that i guess they took some side streets and they actually went up to the strip and marched down the middle of the strip the other night i think it was saturday night which was really cool there's video people took video of it all over the place but they actually had the Clydesdales there. So it was really neat. Really good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. If you've got an opinion on any of that, go ahead and give us a shout. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Every Plumbing and Heating. And uh, they are doing a ton of plumbing work right now. And if you need it uh, done, whether it's a reconstruction in your home renovation, new home construction, whatever it happens to be. If you need a water heater, uh, if you need uh, floor heating put in, a uh, water softening system, they even do that. Every plumbing and heating in La Crosse and Trampolo, Monroe, Vernon, Jackson County, you got to give him a call. got to give Craig a call. He's Him and his staff are the best. They just are. And also, they are. if you are a licensed uh, plumber, they're looking for you. They need Because they've been growing. They've been doing so much more work. Call them, 608-783-2803, 608-783-2803. Located right there in Onalaska, that's every plumbing and... Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, we got to say thanks to our friends at Point Brewing. Oh, my goodness. Great to get home. And yesterday, I sat down and had a Cider Boys. Oh, yeah. Had a little dinner with that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Point Brewing back for another year as well on the Bill Michael Show, and that's always exciting. So thanks to our friends from Point Brewing in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, brewing excellence since 1857. And I uh, love hearing the uh, Toby Keith and, and Willie Nelson song, too. We didn't uh, pay much tribute to Toby Keith last week after his passing from stomach cancer. But, uh, but at least, we, you know, we got a couple of tunes that we do play every now and then on the program to bring us, bring us back in, so to speak. Did, so not a bad way to go. Did I tell you what Ben Kenny texted me when Toby Keith passed away? Did I tell you about this? I can't remember. Was that when he said he didn't ever hear of Toby Keith until he... <laughs> Yeah. Produce this program. Which is, yeah. the, by the way, the least surprising thing I've ever heard. Because one, Ben doesn't listen to music. And right. two, I, I don't think he comes from a country music family. That's no. just never the read I got on him. And he texted me. He's like, yeah. rest in peace, Toby Keith. I first learned of him because of the music on Bill's show. I'm like, that's, yeah, that's what I yeah. would have expected. Right. Yep. No, I, uh, I I can, I get it. You're a tastemaker. Yeah, well, you know, we try to broaden the horizons, I guess, might be the best way to put it. So. But it, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of, he had just done an interview, uh, Toby Keith, a few weeks back and didn't look good. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was, poof, he looked really bad because I didn't even recognize him at first. But it was kind of kind of shocking because he seemed to be in pretty good spirits. And then all of a sudden he just took a real quick turn for the turn for the worse and unfortunately passed away. There was a, uh, bringing it back towards the Grant Bill side of things, there's a picture going around. Did you see? Because Toby Keith and Jimmy Buffett had played some concerts together. Yeah. And they had done a few small uh, bars and such together. These guys just kind of showed up and partied. And they are sitting in a bar together doing a toast with red solo cups. 
And that picture went viral saying there's uh, a party in heaven. And I, I thought it was great. It was it was a really cool picture that was floating around the Internet. So if you haven't seen it already, maybe, you ha- maybe you'll find it. But uh, I'd seen that, too. So we, we lost a, we got a, lost a couple of really good uh, singer-songwriters here uh, as of late, unfortunately. Um, by the way, Marv says the Budweiser commercial was later in the second half. It might have been when I was driving home because I had finished. We watched the halftime show, and then we're talking to some friends. And it's tough when you, when you really need to pay attention to the Super Bowl, and yet you're out in the bar. You can watch the plays, but you don't get a chance to catch the details. And so I love going to bars because I love the energy. I just do. It was great to get out. It was great to just sit and relax and not have to be anywhere, just enjoy it. But I found myself going, you know, when people are standing up in front of you and stuff, you're leaning around the side, you're trying to, you know, and it became frustrating. And finally, I'm just like, I I don't want to leave, but we got to go. I got to watch the end of this game in the peace and quiet of my own home so I can take some notes. And um, that must have been when it aired. My favorite commercial was the Volkswagen commercial. It was a minute long, and it was like the history of Volkswagen, and it had Neil Diamond in the background. I'm like, this oh, is okay. definitely not targeted at people my age, but for whatever reason, it's landing with me more than any of yeah. the commercials. I love that yeah. one. Yeah, that'd be. Uh, I, I got to go back and watch. I I, I, re, I DVR'd from about thirty minutes before the game until an hour after the game. Uh, so I think I've got everything in there. I'm going to go back and and watch watch that again. So. Uh, Keith says, Bill, hey, why did the Packers cut uh, ties with MVS? Did we trade him for somebody? Rodgers didn't like him. I, I mean, I can, I can, he didn't like him. He just, he, he went out and got more money. And Rodgers complained about guys dropping passes and MVS dropped passes. And he talked about the trust and reliability factor. Now, uh, did Aaron Rodgers come out and say he didn't like him? No, but he wasn't using him and utilizing him the way everybody here thought he should. And then when he did, he, he dropped a couple of big balls, and he wasn't going to get the same amount of money in Green Bay as he was going to down in Kansas City. And remember, Kansas City had lost Tariq Hill. So they picked up MBS, a guy that does have some speed and can get open, pretty good route runner, but just wasn't great with his hands. And that was very evident early on this year. And I remember when MBS was dropping passes, and all the Packers fans on Twitter were just like, ah, that's why we got rid of him. That's why Aaron Rodgers didn't trust him. You know, good luck to Kansas City again. I'm, and the whole time I'm thinking to myself, I interviewed this guy in Phoenix last year at opening night who had just come up with a couple of big plays, specifically in the AFC Championship game, to put them in the Super Bowl. And the guy made plays when it counted, and he did the same in that, that contest again. So, uh, But the one thing I will say about MBS Man, if they lose that game, you'd look at MBS and go, what are you doing? That quick that quick out that he caught. And he ended up spinning out of the tackle, which was great. But then he ran backwards like seven or eight yards. And from what went from a, a three-yard gain turned out to be a five-yard loss. It's like, dude, just go down. And you could see the teammates, his teammates on the sidelines screaming, just go down, go down. So uh, that was one of the dumber moments. But he came up with some big catches. And he came up with big catches against Buffalo and against Baltimore as well. So they, when the, when the chips were down, he, he actually played pretty well. But they cut him because he just he wasn't a fan favorite of number 12. Simple as that. 877-867-1670. David says, by the way, the majority of commercials, stupid. Not all, but most. Uh, I can picture uh, all the high-minded idiots that create them congratulating themselves afterwards. Um, by the way, John says, don't forget, MVS now has more Super Bowl rings than Rodgers. <laughs> That's true. It's true. 
no doubt. Um, look, uh, Super Bowl is not just uh, about the depth of commercial. It's also about just getting noticed. You've got how many millions of people were watching that game? I don't even know. I don't want to guess because I keep the number of 200 million something pops into my head, but I think it's more than that. I think there's far more than that that are actually watching that game. Um, so, oh, by the way, I uh, wanted to say thanks to everybody that watched the, uh, watched the two-hour special on Saturday night on My24 Milwaukee. We did relatively well. It wasn't great in the ratings, I mean, because it's not a, a network, so to speak. It's not ABC, NBC, or CBS, and we were going up against other things on Saturday night. But uh, we, we did pretty well. I was... And they, they, they believe that because the ratings came out today and they believe that it's also a lot of new eyes that were on the My24 program. So uh, there's, there's some things. I started to watch it and I, I can't stand watching myself, so it's hard to critique. But there's some things we're going to do better in the, in the future when we do, if, when and if we do this, that we will, uh, we're going to do um, a little different. You know, camera placement and the utilization of, of videography and such. Uh, we want to try to do that better. Uh, but for our first rudimentary try, it, it was, I thought, was okay. Some really good interviews on there. I mean, Eric Eager was fantastic. He made the, uh, he made the final cut. The uh, Kevin Harlan, Olivia Harlan, uh, they, they made the final cut. Jordan Love made the final cut. I mean, we, we had a whole host of people that were really good. Maggie Gray, uh, Maggie Gray from CBS in New York made the final cut. And that was, I went back and watched that. That was incredibly intriguing. So I, I thought we, we, we did, we did okay. We did okay. Uh, and you can still watch it by the way. I, I know that it, as soon as it aired, like within an hour after it aired, it went to their uh, channel. You go to my 24 Milwaukee, my 24, my, the number 24, my 24 Milwaukee.com. And I believe you can find it right there. My24Milwaukee.com, and it's right there, and you can go check it out. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. Why? Because when we come back, Greg Cosell, if you have not heard – now, Greg, for those that want to know, Greg is um, fantastic. He was He's part of NFL Networks, part of the NFL Matchup Show, and he is a savant when it comes to watching collegiate football, evaluating talent, so to speak, watching what the film shows, and then when you get into the regular season – uh, just as he put it, puts it, I don't have a take. I just tell you what the film tells me. And that's, he's awesome. And he talked about the Packers. He talked about Jordan Love. And he got into that whole, what Jordan needs to do in the offseason, how much better he can be. So we want to get into that. We want you to hear that. And that is going to be coming up. So don't go anywhere. You're going to hear that. That's going to be coming up next. This portion of the program, by the way, brought to you by our, our buddy Dwayne at Dwayne's Cover It All. Go to Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. And if you got a boat cover, you need uh, either one done or two repaired, can do it. If you've got upholstery, he can do it. If you've got, a, say, a bimini top on your boat you need made, he can do that. How about maybe an awning out in front of your business? A lot of places have awnings and such that go over the, uh, the, the, the rail scaffolding that comes off the front of buildings and you want something done really professionally, he can do it. How about, we'll say, uh, you got a great big patio, and you want to do some of those canvas patio sales to give you a little bit of shade over your deck or what have you. He can do it. All you got to do is give him the dimensions, he can do it. Also, if it's, say, office furniture, furniture in your home, gym equipment, he can do it. 
There's not much he can't do. Dwayne'scoverItall.com. That is Dwayne'scoverItall.com. Call him up in Wausau, 715-870-2119. It is worth it to send your stuff there, say make it perfect, and when you get it back, you go, wow, wow. He has done the flooring in my boat, the carpeting. He has done the upholstery in my boat, the bimini top, the travel cover, and he's done numerous other side jobs for me, including some uh, repair work that needed to be done on some leather upholstery in the RV that was made to look like brand new. It had a hole in it. I never thought you could replace it. And he fixed the hole rather than replacing the whole piece. So all kinds of amazing stuff. 715-870-2119. 715-870-2119. That is Dwayne's CoverItAll.com. We got more coming up. Greg Cosell. You're going to hear that interview. Come. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back, the Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Want to hit us up? Feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, give us a shout. Hey, don't forget about our friends. I had mentioned uh, getting back into town. Great place to go. And uh, a couple of friends of mine actually uh, took my advice on Friday and went over to Stoley's Hog Alley for their fish fry on Friday night. Oh, they said it was good. And I wasn't lying about the salted rye bread. <laughs> That's worth the trip over there alone. But great people, great place. And you don't have to go there for just a fish fry. It's just a great atmosphere. Burgers, pizza, staff is just awesome. Jeff and Alicia Stoll, they uh, they own both that, uh, Stoley's Hog Alley and Stoll's Old 109. And you couldn't ask for more hospitable people. Just a great, great time over there. And newly renovated, uh, Stoll's Old 109 is relatively new. And Stoley's Hog Alley just renovated last year, and they got it all up and running. It's just beautiful, stunning if you haven't been there in a while. On Venice Beach Road in Oconomowoc is Stoley's Hog Alley. You can see it right there from the highway. Or Stoley's Old 109 on County Road R in Watertown. Both places just spectacular. And they're going to be heading over there, I would assume, at some point here in the next week or so, just to go and say hello again. And not get reacquainted, but maybe get reacquainted with a beverage. I'll do that in a heartbeat. All right, let's do this. Before we get to Greg Cosell, um, I'm going to get to uh, Perry listening to us in Janesville. Perry, how you doing today, man? What's going on? I'm doing great, Bill. I love your show. Thank um, you. If I wasn't mistaken, was every kickoff yesterday a touchback? Yes, it was. Okay. Note to the Packers special teams. <laughs> right? Okay. I completely agree. I listen to you all year, and like you, when our kicker would kick a field goal or extra point, I was on pins and needles. Um, second of all, uh, hey, uh, glad to see the kid from Wisconsin, the linebacker from the Chiefs, caused the fumble. Now he's got a ring. So, yeah, mm-hmm. good to see. Yep, no doubt. Chanel played a hell of a game. It was it was good to see him get in there. And, and we, I tell you what, Grant got a nice interview with him, uh, and so did Mike Clements. Both of them had a chance to sit down and chat with him uh, during the opening night festivities. So that was kind of cool, too. Yep, 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 that was too. So, yeah, so note to the Packers special teams next year. Just kick that ball out of the end zone. <laughs> Don't give off. him an opportunity. I would agree with that. Appreciate it, pal. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. You can hit us up. However, uh, one of the terrific analysts uh, that is, is not nearly lauded enough is Greg Cosell. He's part of the uh, NFL uh, matchup crew. 
And he's the one that puts together all the film and really does a lot of the, the homework, we'll say. And he is awesome. We had a chance to catch up with him in Las Vegas and sit down and have a chat on Radio Row. He talked a lot about the Packers, about Jordan Love, and what he thought the progress and such is. Take a listen. This is uh, Greg Cosell, part of the NFL Films and NFL Matchup Show, breaking down the Green Bay Packers. A uh, longtime friend, but one of the smartest guys I know when it comes to uh, when it comes to NFL football. Part of the NFL matchup show, and uh, Greg Cosell is here. How you doing? Bill, doing great. Good yeah. to be with you. Yeah, it's great to be with you. It's uh, always good. It's kind of like our reunion. Yeah, we yeah. A once a year. Talk. Yeah, we whether you want to see me or not, it's once a year. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start out. You and I were sitting here talking uh, during the break uh, about the Packers and Jordan Love. I, I'm going to say I have to bow to the knowledge because I did not think he would be this good. You said years ago, watch out for this guy. I did. Uh, he's got a lot of the metrics. So now that you've seen him in his uh, in his natural element, we'll say, give me your assessment of what you thought. Well, I saw early on in the season him make some throws where he had to read changing coverage and he had to throw with anticipation. And this was going back to week two, I think I remember seeing a play, and I thought to myself, okay, that's a real positive. That, that's something that you want to see from a young quarterback in his, in his first NFL season as a starter. And obviously he had some ups and downs. You know, don't forget, and I'll get back to love in a second, but we lose sight of the fact that he was playing with two second-year receivers, four first-year receivers, two offensive tackles that were not meant to be their starters. There's no way Walker, number 63, was meant to be the starting left tackle right. this year. And even Zach Tom, who I thought had a pretty nice year, but you know he was not necessarily the guy they thought when they drafted him that would be their starting right tackle. Mm -hmm. So you have to factor all that into the equation. Plus, Aaron Jones missed a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So you're dealing with a lot of factors that if he didn't play well, there would have been built in. I don't want to say excuses, but reasons. Right. And he rose above all that. I mean, now we look at this team and we look at these young receivers, and we'll get to that in a sec, but, but Love is a very traits, toolsy player. Okay, he's a big kid. He's got a very good arm. I probably wouldn't say it's tier one. You know, it's, it's, it's not maybe Matthew Stafford or Josh Allen or, or guys like that, but right. it's just a notch below. He's big. He's athletic. Um he sees things well. You know, they run a lot of intermediate and vertical route concepts that had deeper drops that demanded he see things down the field, and he got better and better at that as the season progressed. Now, the one specific area, and again, I'm sure there's others, you know, as the coaches look at things in greater detail than I'm capable of, um, but there's one area that stands out on film where he clearly just has to be become better, and that's his, just his overall mechanics, lower body. He tends to throw too many balls off balance. Mm -hmm. He needs to throw with more of a firm base, be on balance, drive the ball. When he does that, the ball comes out absolutely beautifully. And the thing is, when you make some throws where you're not on balance and they're good throws, you tend to think, I can make throws like that. Yeah. Uh, and you just have to be careful about that. Well, his predecessor was known for that. Yeah, and, he know, was and, a, part of the and, and Aaron Rodgers was a unique thrower. One could argue Aaron Rodgers is maybe the best thrower the game's ever seen. It's just a pure thrower of the football. So you don't want to start comparing that kind of – you don't, you don't right. want to go there because he, he's just ridiculously special as a thrower. When What I noticed was uh, we had a compilation that we were watching once we landed here of uh, Jordan Love's passes. And what we noticed, I noticed, was it, 
Two and a half seconds. Boom, boom, boom. He's just getting rid of the football, yeah. running the offense. That means he's seeing it the right way. See, that's what people lose sight of. People just assume that when the ball comes out on time that, oh, the system just presented the throw. And by the way, LaFleur has a great system. But, you know, usually the way this works is good coaches have good systems and you know, they have good players, too. I right. mean, we've had this conversation, you know, of course, with the Super Bowl about Brock Purdy, which is getting so absurdly ridiculous. But anyway, that's that's a whole other point. Right. But Love love is can run. He runs the system very efficiently, and he sees things well. I think it was against Minnesota. Who caught the touchdown? Um, trying to remember. It was about a 30-yarder. Was it Romeo Dubs or Jaden Reed? One of the two. Yeah, again, Reed, but it was about it was a 30, 33-yarder yeah. late in the season. Where and, and this was a great play because the picture totally changed pre-snap to post-snap, and he read it instantly, mm-hmm. instantly. And he and he, it, it, it went from single high. It, I believe it went to a, two, a split safety shell, and he threw the seam, I believe. I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. You know, Again, it, this happened a number of weeks ago. But... Um, you know, even one of the touchdowns, the touchdown he threw to Wicks against Dallas in the playoff game. You know, he just he's seeing things quickly and knowing where to go with the football. What should we then expect next year? Does things really begin to slow down five, six, seven weeks? It should. Yeah. It should. Now, he's an aggressive thrower. So my sense is, and I know he didn't throw many interceptions over the last half of the season. I think he had a stretch of nine games or so where he had like 22 touchdowns and one interception yeah. until the, the obviously, the playoff game um, against the 49ers. But... He's an aggressive thrower, so I think every once in a while he's going to make a throw, and you go, oh, that probably wasn't a great throw. But I like the fact that he's an aggressive thrower. He can make throws downfield, and he sees it well down the field. And they have a lot of receivers that I really liked. I liked Dobbs coming out of uh, Nevada. I loved Dontavian Wicks. His second to last year in college, I watched his tape. He was great. I thought he'd be a really good pro. And then that last year at Virginia, the whole offense was terrible. And, you know, he sort of fell into that. And that's why he was like, what, maybe a fifth-round pick, mm-hmm. something like yeah. that. Um, you know, so they've got, a, you know, Reed, I, I watched him in Michigan State, really liked him. They've got a, a really dynamic group of young receivers that have different dimensions to their game. So you have to assume they're going to grow together. Would now Christian Watson's kind of that linchpin with that speed that he has to go over the yeah, he's top. He's been hurt a lot. That's exactly right. So if you can get him healthy, that's one thing. But do they need to find that other guy if Christian Watson's going to be? Well, you're not going to give up on Watson yet. No, I mean, he's been in the league two years. He obviously he's six three, six four. He can take the top off the defense. You just want him to be able to play. That's just because. It. The thing is, because Love can make those throws, and you want to be able to stress and challenge the defense at that vertical level because that opens things up. How much did Aaron Jones coming back oh. open that offense up? Because I think he's the straw that stirs a drink. Yeah, he's well, he had, what, those four or five 100-yard games yeah. in a row where I think he had 20-plus carries in each one of those games mm-hmm. as well. Well, we know LaFleur. You know LaFleur. LaFleur wants to run the ball. He's the, he's not looking to drop back 50 times a game. Mm-hmm. That's not the way he wants to play. I mean, he comes from that Shanahan school, that McVeigh school. They want to run the football, and Jones was phenomenal. Is he still under contract? Yes, for one more year. Okay, so, I mean, he'll be back. Hopefully he's healthy. Um, but, no, he's a really good back. How long every year because he's, a, he's an undersized back? His first a year, little bit. Yeah, yeah, he first he got beat up a little bit, and then he went away, and I'll never forget, he said, I'm just going to do nothing but work on my body so I can take a hit. Right. This year was the hamstring. Right, so, which is a fluky. I mean, yeah. what, do you, what can you do? Yeah. Right. So, it, to me, he's he hasn't really lost his step. When he was healthy, right. he still got the – to me, I can see – he, to me, is like a water bug when you flip the lights on. Boom, he's gone. And, and As opposed to a hard-grinding type right. of runner. And, and – 
And the other thing, too, is which wasn't really a part of their offense very much this year, maybe because he was injured and couldn't get the work in that he needed. But he's a great receiver, too. Yeah. And, you know, you'd like to think that now as they go into an offseason and through a training camp that they'll get back to adding that to their offense with love because we've seen Jones through the years with Rodgers when he would be split from the formation, he would line up wide. I mean, he's a terrific receiver, and that really wasn't a big part of what they did this year when he was healthy. And one of the best blitz pickups. Yeah, you so, know, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a really good player. Yeah. It's funny. I remember watching him coming out of UTEP, and if, if memory serves me correctly – you know, when I watch college guys, I don't sit around and think to myself, well, who does a guy remind me of? Sometimes it hits me, but if it doesn't hit me, I don't, you know, I don't right. stop for 20 minutes and try to think about it. It either hits me or it doesn't hit me. I remember thinking, watching him in college, that I thought he was very similar stylistically to Frank Gore. Oh, okay. And and he's had, I mean, Jones had a good career. Yeah. You know, he's been hurt a little bit, you know, but he's he when he's healthy, he's a very good back. What do you think of Halfley? I've been waiting for you all week, so I can. Well, I know Mark, question. and yeah. you know, because he'd been in the league before. Um, I I can't sit here and say exactly what kind of defense he'll run because he's never been a coordinator, yeah. so I don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, I actually think they have a very good front group. I think some guys have really played well. I love Carl Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was a rookie small school guy. I think Bowling Green was it, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. You know, he showed up on film all the time when he played. Um, Obviously, Clark's a really good player. I'm curious to see the further development of Van Ness. Um, you know, I'll be anxious to see him. Um, you know, I think the linebacker core will be interesting. I don't – you know, Campbell got hurt a little bit this year. I don't think he was quite the player he'd been in the past. Is he still under contract? Yeah, but uh, I would assume he's going to be a salary cap cash. Okay. Yeah. Owed a lot of money yeah. coming up. Yeah, and he, he could be. Um, you know, it's the back end because, look, yeah. they they expected the outside corners all the year to be Stokes and Alexander, mm. and they hardly played. Right. So, you know, who knows what happens with Alexander. You probably know more about that than I, I do. I think Alexander stays. I think Stokes with that ankle injury, I he's just haven't been able to return. Yeah. You know, that injury's really hampered him. So I, you may, you're probably going to have to go to the back end again. You're probably going to have to look for safety too. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So I think the back end they have to address. Yeah. Um, do, do you like – do you like the mind of Halfley? The way yeah, he- I like yeah, yeah. I think he'll no. yeah, I do. I mean, again, you know the NFL. He's been in the NFL. Yeah. Um. So you know he's he knows what the NFL is. So we'll see. But um, uh, I'm curious to see what uh, you know what he does. Sort of what his calling card yeah. is. What his approach will be. Yeah, I I am too. It's always great to see you, man. Thanks so much for qu- coming over and saying hello and. It's like our reunion. And yeah, yeah. This no concerts fun. this year, unfortunately. But uh, no, no, no. Yeah, I was hoping that you'd have tickets to U two that you. No, no. Throw, <laughs> no, <throw> no. <laughs> Greg, always great to see you. Thanks for. All right, thanks, Bill. There you go. That was Greg Cosell. Great to talk with him, and great to get a breakdown of his perspective regarding this team and what they did this year and what to look forward to coming in to next season as well. So some really, really, really good stuff. Hey, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Pella, they have got a terrific offer for you right now. If you're thinking about it or you've been thinking about it and nothing's nudged you over the edge, now is the time to do it. Why? You can get 0% for up to 60 months. And that was a deal that was it just came about in the last couple of weeks. And they're excited about it. And whether you go to the showroom in Green Bay, there's one in Brookfield, which is just west of Milwaukee, there's Madison. And now up in the Wausau-Stevens Point area, they have one there as well. And whether it's the windows, the doors, three different styles to fit your budget, to fit your home, 
uh, maybe your likes, dislikes, whatever it is you happen to have. Also add value to your home, the economical factor, the innovations, so many reasons to get a hold of our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And now, 0% for up to 60 months. So get a hold of our friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back, Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaceBig.com. They have so much going on down there, and the new sports book should be opening up uh, this year, earlier this year, uh, maybe spring. And I can't wait. After going to the sports books out there in Vegas and seeing what they have to offer, I cannot wait to get inside Pottawatomie. And uh, I don't know about you, Grant, but I kind of have that uh, that casino vibe now, if that makes sense, where you're you, you kind of want to go in and you want to you want to smell it and you want to get close to the machines and maybe place a couple of wagers on some games and such. Now that you've got a little bit of, a, 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 did you like get the fever while you were there? Yeah, and then the last night we went to a club, and I'm like, man, I'm not really a club guy, but geez, if this is what yeah. the clubs where'd are you guys like go? Here, uh, we where'd went you guys to go? Omnia in Caesars the last night we were there. Okay, yeah. was that that wasn't the Shack uh, Shack's Funhouse, was it? No, that was they all had different parties and different celebrities. This one there there weren't any celebrities. Uh okay. we, we tried to get into a joint Chris Brown had an appearance, I guess. The cover was five hundred bucks and we're like, mm, probably not. No. Uh no. we're probably not gonna do that. Probably gonna look for somewhere else. Yeah, it was uh it was crazy ridiculous. And uh, you wonder what they're paying obviously the artists and such to be there. Um, but man, yeah, some of that stuff is is banana. And it's great if you get invited to one of those parties. But I I have to be honest. I've done that. I've been to the Leather and Lace Ball. I've done the Shaq's Fun House. I, and they're all fun. They're all great to go to. I, I We had a spe- – one of the unfortunate things is, and I don't know if I told you this, we saw a guy die. Did I tell you that? Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, you, yeah you that wasn't cool. That. But we, uh, we walked the strip on Saturday night – or Friday night and just – from one end to the other, just walked it. And we went to the Excalibur. We went over to the uh, Luxor. We stopped in and went to the shops. Kristen wanted to shop, and she was looking for some uh, some Gucci stuff and Coach stuff, and or not Coach, uh, Gucci and Louis Vuitton. And she wanted to go up into the shops a little bit, and so we went over there and all the things that normally I could never afford. Uh, she wanted to look at and smell, I guess, but – uh, we went through all the shops and we went over to the hard rock. We had some drinks and we went over by Caesars and we went to Bellagio and caught the fountains and just kind of did the touristy stuff. And then went over to Paris and Paris was really, really cool. And we just thought, let's just sit in Paris and we're going to get some, a bite to eat and a couple of drinks. And when we were going to grab an Uber to come back after we'd walked everywhere, uh, we had to go from one site where the Uber, we thought the Uber pickup was to a back garage and as we were passing by, this gentleman had just collapsed, unfortunately. And I don't think they revived him. They were working on him and working on him. And the unfortunate, disgusting thing is people were walking by with their cell phones getting trying to get video of it. And the, the police, and, and I'm glad they were there, the tactical 
police that they had in Las Vegas were basically knocking cameras out of people's hands saying, don't, you know, that, that's, you can't do that. Um, you know, and then you get some of the young arguments of you, this is our right. And it's like, just shut up. You have some decorum for God's sakes. Uh, but they were working on this guy and I don't think they revived him, but unfortunately, but that was, uh, that was the, the massive downside, obviously to the, uh, to the evening. And it was kind of surreal, but, uh, we ended up going back to the, towards the, uh, the Mandalay Bay and we hung out there for a little while. I had a great time, but, uh, that was, yeah, that was out of all the things that we saw that really could mar, obviously, <laughs> unfortunately, what we, uh, what we witnessed this past week was that was it on the last night. We got two hours down. We got two hours yet to go. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael show. It's coming up and it's coming up right after this.